Now, one thing that I want to talk to you about is some old school wrestling. Yeah. Um, Attitude Era is my favorite era. What What would yeah. you say is your favorite era? Hundred percent. Attitude Era, Monday Night Wars, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Like I love. I can. I just can remember. You know, going to school the next day after, like you know, ninety six, when Raw, and it was Nitro was just crushing it, and it it, it was so funny. Like pre, because I I know a lot of the kids won't understand today, and I know AEW does well with some surprises. But like just being shocked at stuff and not and not knowing it. We we knew one kid who had the internet because I remember the first time they tried to pull the fake Sting thing. Yeah. Like what happened? What happened with Sting? And they're like, I hope you don't think that that was you know you have the one friend who's like I hope you don't think that that was Sting. That was a guy named Cobra, and he was and you're like, okay, I didn't. I'm sorry. I don't read whatever whatever voodoo is on your AOL machine. I just saw a guy dressed like Sting and it tripped me out. And uh, yeah, it was so much like, I love that era. Like just being so like, could you, we're West Coast guys. So you understand like it was, it was on after Monday night football. So we didn't have to compete. So Monday night football starts at six. This is before like cable gave us the live version at six or whatever, five or six or whatever it was. So we could watch Monday night football and then you would tape it. You would tape one of them. So you would stay up and watch. And then you would, you know, the next night, and then like either the next night you're watching the other one or that you're staying up to one in the morning. It was just a special time. And I just loved it. And especially on Monday Night Raw, I got to the point where when they took over, you know, WCW and they were finally holding the torch, it just seemed like they never let it down. And it, Every night you knew something crazy was going to happen to start the show and finish the show. Yeah, they had to. I mean, that was the thing. It's like you had to hook in those viewers. And you see a little bit. You see a little bit of it on Wednesday nights because AEW, and and granted, they're going after the quote-unquote minor league of the WWE. But I think of people who would be an AEW fan, you like NXT and you like those wrestlers. Like you, you remember... That when the attitude era or the undisputed era was Red Dragon or when Adam Cole was part of the Bullet Club or whatever. So you're drawing from the same kind of interested people. So you see a little bit of that. But yeah, those Monday night shows would have to start off hot and uh, really deliver. I know that a lot of people are streaming, you know, not watching it on cable, but it's crazy when you hear some of the. You know, the cable numbers back then, the amount of viewers, you know, the five millions, the eight millions and. Now the Monday Night Wars are less than a million apiece, and it's kind of funny when they're still blowing it up like it's that many viewers watching. Everybody watched. Yeah, but but there was even though there was cable, there were still less options. You know, I mean, back in the you know back in the day, like the '80s or whatever, when there was four networks, it was you know you would get a lot of viewers. But even in the '90s, like there still wasn't there weren't that many options. Like not like today. Like, it's crazy. Like, I can't even watch. Like, I'm so pissed because I love the challenge. And they're having the OG one. And it's on the Paramount Network, whatever that is. And I'm like, I got to buy another streaming service? Like, come on. Like, this. the whole point of, like, blowing up cable was that you could pick what you want. But there's something on every single platform that you want. And it's frustrating. Yeah, because now you got to get platform. Um services just for one show just for two shows they hook you 
Yeah, for sure. All right, so three your three favorite superstars of all time could be for whatever reason. Well, obviously, I'm a Chris Jericho guy, and yeah. I loved him. I loved his debut with Raw and the countdown. Because I actually, one of my friends was, uh, I mean, I know somebody on the internet probably figured it out. But my friend, because he, he's a math dork, he's like, you know, the countdown doesn't go to December 31st. Like, it's going to September. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, like, if you do the math on it, it's a debut. And then as it started getting closer, you're like, oh, my God, it is counting down. And then, you know, Y2J came out. That was really like the big one, like the big final salvo of like the WWE is now running away with this because it was start. It started to turn after the um, the WrestleMania with Steve Austin beating Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And then the following night, by the way, I tried out for the backstage show for the WWE on Fox. So I did a screen test and Sean Waltman was there and we were talking, we were talking about our best, our favorite matches and Sean's in the back, but he's obviously listening. And I did a I talked about, uh, Bret Hart and stone cold from the previous year. And I said, Oh, by the way, I go, I know this isn't a match. I go, but when Sean walked out on raw the night after Steve Austin won the title, Shawn Michaels was retiring. Triple H kicked the ball into the stands and said, Shawn Michaels dropped the ball and he brought out Shawn, Shawn Waltman, and he cut a promo. And it was like, that was it. Like, I was like, if you were, if you were like a WWE fan, you're like, that's it. We finally got one back. Cause we had been, we, we had been losing so many guys to WCW. It was nice to have somebody back. And I went backstage and Sean came up. He's like, dude, that was so nice. He's like, thank you. He's like, that was such a cool. I'm like, we had a cool moment. And I'm like, oh, it was fun. So I guess I should say Sean. Like, I'll, I'll put Sean. I'll put Xbox on there. One, two, three, kid. I loved him. And then I'm going to cheat and go. I'm going to have uh, Stone Cold and The Rock. Just because those two guys are just, I don't know. I think, again, with you and I being huge fans of the Attitude Era, like The Rock and Stone Cold. I go back and forth of like who I like better. I don't know. I like The Rock. I love the movie San Andreas because of The Rock. He makes better movies. But, you know, like The Rock is like a legit, he's like a legit like movie. Like it's just crazy. Like he's a movie star. Although I will say, and I know this, I don't know how you feel about this. My wife and I were talking about this. Like Dave Batista, kind of, kind of like, I think Dave's actually a better actor. I think he has a little bit more. I listen. I know it's controversial, but I think that the the Dave has range and he takes different kind of roles. Where The Rock, I don't want to say takes the same role over and over again, but it's a lot of Fast and Furious, San Andreas, Skyscraper. Like Batista's showing some actual range, but that's just me. Who are your guys? Who are your three? So Stone Cold and The Rock. I'm glad that you mix them together because let's just count them, you know. Yeah. And I, the Jericho moment with uh, The Rock when he first came out there. You have yeah. the guts to come on The Rock show and you don't even introduce yourself. What is your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> so good. And his reaction was just, I mean, he sold it with that reaction. It was just like the yeah. worst thing that ever could have happened to him. That was awesome. <laughs> so yeah. Stone Cold and The Rock. For sure. Um, whew, okay. See, I didn't think about this because I didn't think you were going to throw it back on me. Dude, I'm but, throwing it back to you. 
I do have a, a special heart, a special place in my heart for mankind and yeah. everything that he did. And when he won the championship, you know, for the first time and like DX was helping him and then Stone Cold came out and it was like the craziest pop ever. That, yeah. That's one of the moments that sticks in my mind. And that was it was funny how looking back because I didn't watch WCW like really at all. Uh-huh. Going back and watching the stuff later, how they kind of threw that out there on the show like, oh, WWF show is uh, it's going to be so horrible. Mankind is winning the championship. Like, why wouldn't people want to tune in? That'll, that? <laughs> that'll put, yeah, the, the exact line is from Tony Schiavone saying that'll dismissively saying that'll put butts in seats. And I did watch WCW and it was a thing where you're like, what's happening? Like, boom, I flipped over for it. And I implore anybody who's a huge wrestling fan, if you're not familiar with this sequence of events that happens with that match, it is so good. You've probably seen it, you've probably seen it memed before with like the faces covered up with whatever story somebody's trying to tell. Watch the match. Like it is bananas. The crowd goes absolutely nuts. And there, I, I forget whose book it is, but there is a story, and it might have been it might have been Mick Foley's book himself, where he talks about <laughs> Um, cause Shivani is being told to say that like yeah. Shivani does not want to poop on Mick Foley. He especially doesn't want to poop on him winning the title. He knows like Tony knows how well respected, uh, Mick Foley is. I'm almost crying just thinking of this. Um, but it's just that like, in you know, just having to be in that moment of like, you dismiss this and you say, that'll put butts in seats. And that whole thing, and he, and there's a thing of like Mick Foley's wife answering the phone, and she's like, "Mick, Tony's on the phone, and he sounds sad, so he had to he had to call him and try to apologize. Obviously, he was fine, but yeah. apologize for everything that happened." Yeah, I'm sure everyone's seen the meme with mankind with the belt up. The yo, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was awesome. That that was classic stuff. And the last person I got, I got to throw the Undertaker in there, and I All feel right. it's a. Uh, it's um, the American badass, like him switching <laughs> to that and completely reinventing himself and actually talking and just being <laughs> that that just switched it for me. And he's just one of the best characters of all time. How that evolved for, I mean, up and he's still going. Yeah, no, everybody. You know, it's funny. It's like I'm not. I I don't hate the Undertaker, but I would never consider myself a big Undertaker guy. You know, like he was never like, eh, like if you're doing a fantasy draft of WWE or just professional wrestling superstars, like I would pick Tommy Dreamer over, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't think that he's bad. I don't think he's terrible. Like he's awesome. Like I respect him. I would freak out if I ever met him. Like I, I love, I like him. I like the undertaker, but whenever I have to make a list and people are like, Hey, make your list. Undertaker is one like something like this, Alex, where somebody will be like, the Undertaker is one of my favorites. And it's not weird. Like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. But I'm like, he's never in like, he's not in my top five, probably not in my top 10. Like, I don't know. Cause I like edge. I didn't even mention edge Cody. Like, Oh, there's a lot of guys, but, but that's, what's so cool about wrestling is everybody connects with somebody. So that's, what's the, that's the best part of it. Yeah. Back on the hot seat, three favorite tag teams or factions of all time. Well, I mean, DX is obviously one of them. Although I will be honest with you, I really enjoyed the X-Pac New Age Outlaws version of DX. Even though like the original was cool with China and Rick Rude and HBK, 
Like, I like that. Like, it's not like I didn't like it, but I really love, I really love, um, I really love that version, the older version or the newer version or whatever. Love that. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big bullet club guy with the Cody and Kenny Omega one. I'll admit it. I know that I'm kind of a poser new Japan fan. I was, I became a bigger new, new Japan fan when Cody went over there and the young bucks and all that stuff. And I, I admit, listen, there's a lot of wrestling. It's hard to keep up with all the wrestling in the world. And I took a bigger interest in it when those guys were there. So I love the bullet club. I don't know if it's fair to say undisputed era because like, that's kind of the same, even though like red dragons different, but whatever, but like, that's cool. You know what though? I will. uh, Let me tell you a story. If you don't mind. I I don't know if you remember the uh, League of Nations, yeah, which is somewhat recent. So Royal Rumble, it's in the Royal Rumble in Arizona. I'm there. Eric Young is a friend of mine, so like a legit friend. Like we're buddies. He comes to LA. We'll hang out. We'll have dinner. I've met his wife. Like it's not like a like. There's some people like that we we'll meet on Twitter. And be like, oh, like this guy likes fantasy, like Austin Dillon, the NASCAR driver. Like I, he follows me on Twitter, but I don't, I wouldn't say we're friends, but like Eric's like a legit friend of mine. I know his real name. Uh, I've met his wife. He's been to my house, like that kind of thing. So we're like legit friends. So I'm not, I don't feel bad imposing on him. And he got us, you know, we went to the Royal Rumble and we were hanging out afterwards uh, with everybody in the lounge of the Sheridan. And, uh, because Eric's there, like the other wrestlers will come up and talk, you know, and whatever. And so I was wearing a Rusev shirt and Seamus walks up and, you know, really like, Hey, how's it going? And he goes, Oh, he's like, you know, I've got a shirt like that. He's like, or he goes, I used to have a shirt like that referring to the league of nations. And I'm like, Oh my God. I go, we were just talking about like how much, like, I really liked the league of nations. I thought that was a cool stable. And he just glared at me and walked away. (laughs) Just straight up walked away. And I'm like, what happened? And Christian was there, was dying, was laughing. He's like, you don't understand. He's like, somebody was giving him S for the League of Nations like this morning or whatever. And like, he's really like not, you know, like he, he doesn't like it. And I'm like, I, I go, I am so sorry. Like, I didn't know. I'm like, should I talk to him or whatever? And Eric's like, dude, don't, he's like, don't even worry about it. I'm like, but I wasn't like, I wasn't in, in, like, you know me, like I can be a sarcastic ass when I need to be, but there was, there was a tone of sincerity. Like everybody's like, no, you were, you could tell you were sincere. You weren't making fun of them because you were talking about like, oh my gosh, like, like think of the guys who were, cause it was him. It was him. It was Rusev and it was Wade Barrett and Alberto Del Rio who sucked. But the other three guys, like that's a legitimate, like cool faction. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to go league. <laughs> I'm going to go league of nations. And when Seamus, if he ever sees this, I apologize. If I hurt you in any way, I apologize. But I'm sincerely a huge fan of your work. That would that that would make me feel bad if I was a fan of someone and I was, you oh. know, bringing up a sore spot for them and I didn't even know it. <laughs> didn't know. Like, I, I don't know. And I say terrible things to people all the time, like trying to needle them. Like, I will. I, I'm not afraid of it. I was on some... I was hanging out in one of these shows and there was a kid asking a question and he was, he was very simple, like, Hey, how do I get in the business? Like, what is the thing? And then at the very end, he goes like, Oh, nice pick on the three and 13 with the 49ers. And I started, and I'm laughing. I'm like, that's great. I go, you know what? I go, I'm not mad. And that's funny. I'm like, you should. And I know it's the hugest risk, 
you got to lead with that because it's ballsy. And I, res- I, I respect that you said it just in general, but if you lead with it, I have the utmost respect because it's a ballsy thing to go to somebody and be like, hey, like, worth anybody. Like, I can't even, I'm trying to think of a proper, like, what would be one where you're like, if you, I don't even, I can't even think of what it would be. But like, if you went to somebody and just immediately just start needling them, I always think that that, and it, it, it can go either way. Oh, you know, I did it to, uh, I did it to Peyton Manning one time. <laughs> Did not take it well. Did not did not find my joke funny at all. And uh, oh, but you know, on the on the contrary, I the first time I ever met Aaron Rodgers, I told him that I didn't like him. And I'm wearing Bears. I'm wearing Chicago stuff, so he kind of got clued into it. And I'm like, hey, um, I got. I don't really like you. I got. I got to be honest. And so, and he's sitting there, and it's it it could it could go really bad. Cause he could be like, dude, I'm at this Gatorade function and like, you're being a little bit, but then, but then I mentioned, I said, I said, uh, I know you're friends with Nick Swartzen, who's a comic, who's a huge Vikings fan, who does it, who does a stand up bit about how he hated Aaron Rodgers and then became like friends with him. And I said, I don't want you to Swartzen me because I'm just not going to allow that to happen. <laughs> and then Aaron just kind of kicked in. It was super cool. And this was right after the bears had signed Mike Glennon. And he's like, Hey, by the way, who's your guys' quarterback? And I'm like, that's not, that's not funny. Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't think that that's a cool thing to say to me, but it was super cool. So I always appreciate anybody like leaning in. The thing with Seamus was not that way. It was a sincere, like I was marking out. It was like, Seamus is a big dude too. Like I, there's times where you're like, I want to be funny. And then you're other times like, I want to live. I was being sincere. And we had legitimately had a conversation about how cool the League of Nations was, and I wish, and we wish it had worked. And uh, I feel bad that it made him feel bad. <laughs> yeah, because it should have been better than what it was. That's right. Oh, sure. yeah, it was great. Bad news, Barrett. That's the one thing that should. That was the like. I hate when something in the WWE gets over that's not supposed to get over because then they will kill it. Like, yeah. nope. We're nuking it. They did it to Bad News Barrett. They did it to the Iconics. Or else they overproduce it. Like, if the Iconics can be funny on their own, and you're like, oh, these girls are hilarious, and they're just doing their thing. But when it starts getting over, the WWE is now like, oh, we got to overproduce the S out of this. And then they take all the fun out of it. So I hate when they do that. Yeah. Because, I mean, even with the iconic stuff was kind of building organically, and then it just... Got a little bit too over the top and too many extra minutes on the mic. That's just what it seemed like. No, for sure. That's the one, that's the one, like the most fatal thing you could do in the WWE is get over on your own and they will crush you. And and another one, otherwise you have to be the most special talent in the world. You got to be Daniel Bryan, Bryan, no, Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry. Getting his, getting his name. By, by the way, I watched Total Bellas too. So my wife was always like, this is confusing. They just call him by his last name. I'm like, well, no, he's Brian Danielson. That was his name. And then he was coming in Ring of Honor and everything like that, the American Dragon. Um, so yeah, so like like he was able to overcome it, overcome the NFL, or the NFL. He was able to overcome the WWE trying to squash him. But he was, uh, but you got, it's a rare instance when somebody can, fight that off and still continue to get over. 
Yeah, that and that was my move to get my wife a little bit involved with wrestling to bring in Total Bellas. Total Bellas. <laughs> and she was okay with it. She was a fan of uh Nikki and Brie for a while. Yeah. And they're Brie nice, they're they're nice people. Yeah, they've been on your show. It's awesome. It's cool that they're into fantasy. That's yeah. awesome. I think once Brie Mode kind of went away, I think that's when the show started uh, losing its audience a little bit. Yeah, once she had that second kid and couldn't drink as much, like, oh, we're losing the show. Like, this we need. Although the Total Divas is good. Like, Liv Morgan, the last season I saw, Liv Morgan was really, like, she was taking up the mantle of that. Like, she was taking over that show. You're like, this is good. I like Liv. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. I just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, when it grind. Yeah, I got the ring, I'm the chair, on the cheek of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my hustle. It don't make sense, but don't make a profit. So I hustle, ladies and homies. Make money, make money, money, money. Yeah. Really trying to get this money for the real. I want to find a thing to save my life. So I hustle, hustle. It ain't over for me. No, it ain't over for me. Okay, let's go smoke that joint.